Hello and welcome to another live podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it's a slightly deflated atmosphere tonight in Podcast Towers at EPR. A 3-1 home defeat to Brentford. We've played pretty well, but maybe their quality and ability to bring good players off the bench cost us. But to help me talk through it, I've been joined by Alex Everton. Hi, Alex. Hello, Paul. Yep, that's about it, isn't it, really, the mood at the moment. And I've also been joined by Eric Orgard. How are you doing? Uh, absolutely splendid, yeah. Good evening. Absolutely splendid. That's a very, very classy intro there, Eric. So yeah. let us know if you've got any thoughts about the game tonight in the comments. Obviously, it's a disappointing display, but in many play- ways, we played really well tonight, didn't we, Alex? There was lots of positives. Um, there were certainly some positives. Um, lots might be pushing it, I think, but there's definitely some to take. We defended very well, I think, um, against what is clearly one of the best attacking sides in the league. Uh, we didn't really give them many. Ch- I know they've scored three goals tonight, but we didn't give them that many chances outside the goals, I don't think. And we defended very well for the most part. And uh, personally, I would, I would probably be giving man of the match if I was picking a Reading player to Morrison. Um, who I thought was outstanding, and he, you know, he just is a complete warrior at the back. Yeah, maybe that shows a little bit about the chances that Brentford did create, but didn't quite get that final moment. I agree, Morrison was brilliant tonight. Who would you say was your man of the match tonight, Eric? I, I was actually thinking McIntyre. I thought McIntyre did really well um, up against uh, the top scorer in the league, um, Tony. You know, you. You expecting him to have a tough game, and again, we've talked about this before, haven't we? Around the, the Preston game and some of the games earlier in the season, but the last few weeks, and again tonight, I thought he was he was very good. He, you know, he, he wins a lot of headers. I think there was once uh, we were about fifteen minutes ago. The pressure was really on. The ball comes into the box, and and McIntyre sort of rises and heads it away. So I would probably say McIntyre, and I don't think he was to blame for any of the goals either necessarily uh, it's just unfortunate that we couldn't quite hang on no totally I, I think McIntyre was really good again tonight he's just progressing isn't he he's getting better and better as the season's going on let's look at the high point of the match though Lucas Jow missed two consecutive penalties we've seen them but tonight he scores on his third attempt maybe the Brentford goalkeeper Ray will be a little bit disappointed, but who cares? The goal's gone in, Alex. That was a great moment for us to take the lead. Yeah, fantastic, wasn't it? To uh, A, to see Zhao score a penalty. Wasn't sure we were going to see that again, but uh, it, was it a good penalty? Not really. Uh, was it even a penalty? I don't know. Seeing it back, it's uh, maybe a tough one to, to be given. I think it was... Maybe a tad fortunate, but you can um, definitely see see why it was given. But if it wasn't given, then I, I don't think we could have had too many complaints. But yeah, moment to see that go back in the back of the net and we go one 0 up against Brentford is uh, you know fantastic. And you know credit to Jao for stepping up after missing his last couple. It's uh, it's easy to kind of I guess shy away from those moments, but uh, yeah, putting it in the back of the net there and beating the keeper even if it is only just, is is a is a really good moment for him. Yeah, we managed to keep the lead for about another 10 minutes or so. And then Brentford shows some real quality from De Silva with their equaliser, Eric. I mean, maybe we could have done better defensively, slightly, but that is a real quality finish, isn't it? Yeah, you, you know, De Silva's got two of the goals. He looks far too good for the championship. He's one of those players you think, 
Um, Brentford lost a couple in the summer, didn't they? Watkins and, and Ben Rama went to West Ham. Um, De Silva could have easily gone somewhere as well. I think he's he's got that bit of quality. Um, with regards to the goal, I think, yes, Laurent maybe got turned a little bit too easy. I mean, he's not a defender. Richards also wasn't covering, so didn't really help him out. But what a finish, right? You can't really blame the keeper. And yeah, it's unfortunate for us. De Silva, he was probably the man of the match overall, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, totally. I would say so. I mean, kind of like then we have the opportunity from Josh Lawrence a little bit later in the first half. We kind of like come back into the match, but he does a really good run. He goes past a couple of players. Then he's in the centre of the goal. The momentum, unfortunately, means that he shoots straight at the goalkeeper. I mean, I think that's a really big moment. Did it decide the whole match? No, probably not. But he'd be a bit disappointed by the finish there, won't he, Alex? Yeah, given he's hit it pretty much straight at the keeper, um, it's it's going to be disappointing for him because he's probably 16 yards out or so. And, and if he puts it either side of the keeper, then... It, Ray is going to have to make a difficult save. And I think if, uh, you know, if, if Reading managed to take the lead there at the end of the first half, the game is completely different in the second half. Yes, Reading probably end up sitting back and Brentford have to, to push forwards. But before that, before that uh, moment, Reading were counter-attacking with, you know, pace and, and quality. Um, and if we, if, you know, if we'd taken the lead into the second half, it, I think it would have been a different game and we probably wouldn't have been able to create some stuff on the break. Um, uh, the pass from Richards through to Lucas Zhao, for example, was was fantastic. Um, he, I mean, he didn't manage to get the shot off, which is unfortunate if, you know, if he, if, if he doesn't get tackled there, he gets a shot away against Raya and potentially we go 2-1 up. But um, it's one of those, yeah, one of those things, unfortunately. Lawrence kind of, he's not a striker and, He's not going to put every shot in the back of the net. That's exactly no. the point I was going to make around Lauren not being a striker. If that's Lucas Zhao, you think he might stroke it in the bottom corner or something. He just snatched at it. It was a shame. Yeah, totally well. Thomas Frank, the Brentford manager, said after the match, that's one of the best performances and teams we've faced this season. The way they started the first half was remarkable. Reading FC did everything to keep all their offensive players quiet. In a tight game, you need your top players to step up. And Tony led our team. And I think that is showed in the second half. Didn't it? The quality they've got on the bench, we don't quite have. a missing out tonight on players like John Swift being injured. Also, Yaku Mate. We just needed those players tonight, Eric, didn't we, to be fit. And then you kind of have more depth on that bench. Yeah, you think they, they brought on Canos, who's a, you know, a quality player at this level. And we brought on Aluko. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't want to bash Aluko too much but he he's not had the best time at Reading has he and you know even when he he comes on he he does the old good thing here and there but just far too inconsistent probably if you listen to rumors far too expensive in terms of the wages that we're paying him um and yeah the the difference showed right I know it wasn't necessarily Canos that set up the the winner or anything like that, but it's just a bit more strength in depth. And we, yeah, we, we've got some injuries and all of a sudden we look very thin, very stretched all of a sudden. The, the difference being, of course, is that Brentford have game changers and we don't like on the, on the bench. We, yeah. as, as, as Eric said, if we're, if we're looking to a Luco and Brentford can bring on, bring on someone that can us and that's, that's your difference. And it, it, it does, 
highlight the fact that not being able to bring any players in in January, even on loan or, you know, I, I don't know how else we would have done it, but it highlights the fact that not being able to bring in any kind of um, any backup in January for these, especially for the attacking positions is, is, is a problem. And uh, you have to just hope it doesn't affect us later in the season. If we lose one of these players for a significant amount of time. Yeah, you talk about the players who can make a difference that Brentford have. Um, I think Michael Elise is maybe just having a little bit of a dip at the moment. Some of the set pieces tonight weren't up to his standard from earlier in the season. He's a young player. He's going to come good again. We all know that. He's still got quality there, Eric. But you look at him and Ajaria, they didn't quite have the impact in the final pass that you'd maybe hope that they might have. Yeah, this is exactly it. Like you say, he's a young player, so you're going to get that um slight dip i mean he still showed flashes right yeah. and he does and he can still you know pull something out of nothing tonight he didn't so you you kind of hope that he gets more and more consistent with age right that's the the hope but um certainly in the last couple of games you would say uh, ajaria has probably outshone him slightly i think tonight ajaria was probably the better player out of the two yeah, I think so. I think so at the moment, but we all know they can come good again. Looking into the end of the, kind of like the last, after about an hour, maybe 65 minutes, Brentford were the team that were getting on top. There was some fantastic last ditch defending there from Michael Morris and Alex, wasn't there? Off the, almost off the, off the line with Ivan Tony just waiting. I mean, how did he not score an own goal there? It was amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could have, you could have mentioned about three or four different moments yeah. there for Michael Morrison, couldn't you? So many times tonight, he, he just was the last man. Uh, he stopped. I think he stopped a, a pretty much near on shot as well, just mm. before that. Um, but the, the chance that he stopped on the line when Tony was, Tony was just behind him, I think. And he's pretty much stopped Tony from getting the ball. Cause if Tony touches that, it's in the goal and we're, we're two, one down. So I have no idea how Morrison's got there first. And, you know, even less idea how we've managed to clear it without Brentford getting on the end of it. So, um, yeah, credit to Morrison. He's, I'm, he's fast becoming my player of the season. Um, at the moment, I, I don't think he's missed a minute yet this season. Um, uh, our defense is, is right up there. I know we've conceded three goals again tonight and we're, we're not, you know, we're not in the top four or five in terms of goals conceded, but, I think we're, our defence is really, really solid and I, I would have him up there at the moment for, for one of the potential players of the season. Yeah, totally. I'm just trying to think of chances that we had in the second half as well. Shots. We, we didn't. We, we, really that was, no, and that was, that was kind of the, I think, the difference between the two sides is that for the first, for the first hour, we did really challenge Brentford and I think a lot of Brentford fans online and, and as you said, Tom, um, Frank as well, uh, given Reading a lot of credit and, and said that Reading made it very, very difficult to play against Brentford. But after an hour or so, you could see that we tired um, and we just we didn't get the ball forwards at all after probably 60, 65 minutes. Yeah, and you could see Lauren and Rinomoto just the fatigue kicked in. It wasn't a lack of effort. It wasn't that they weren't, you know, suddenly switched off or anything. As in, you know, not caring because they clearly do. They've been fantastic this season, both those players. But the Brentford quality was showing in the midfield is beginning to dominate. And when you bring on players like Canos, it makes a big difference. But I mean, the only chance I can think of us having in the second half was the Michael Elise deflected shot, but that probably wasn't even that close, was it, Eric? Yeah, Green? that and his free kick that hit the wall. 
you know, yeah. those sort of chance. But the, by that point, we've already we've already lost the game. And yeah, um, back to sort of Laurent and Rinomota, you know, I I thought they 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 but very solid, right? They've been playing really well. Um, it's just when you play up against the Brentford side, they keep the ball, um, make it difficult for you in that second half. We just sort of slightly ran out of puff, didn't we? And we, when you don't have that strength on the bench, it becomes really difficult. It's the same because we played really well. In the first I think half. I think that that um, that point about like not having the the, the the rotation on the depth really highlights the fact that you miss Mate tonight because Tomatoes had to come in and, and replace Mate there out wide and or up front as as part of that too. And uh, if you've got Tomato on the bench to come on after 65 minutes in place of a Rinomoto or a Lauren and just add some energy to the midfield, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe we can, maybe we can change up that last half an hour. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think unfortunately the fatigue kicked in for the goals as well. There's two mistakes there possibly of concentration, just, Running out of energy. Omar Richards slightly misjudges the cross. Ivan Tony chests it back. Lovely to the silver, but maybe Josh Lauren doesn't track him as well. I'm not quite sure if it was him, but it could have been him. He was the nearest player to him, Eric, wasn't he? Yeah, you'd say that Richards slightly misjudged it. And uh, yeah, it's a great, great assist and great finish, right? And then the last one, you'd say, again, coming back, which we haven't had in a little while, but Raphael, he's got to push that away. Mm further away and, and do better in my opinion I'm not a goalkeeper it might be slightly harsh but I just think uh, a better goalkeeper there would 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 do better yeah I think definitely I mean pushing that one out into almost the penalty spot that's yeah. exactly the area you don't want to put it if it was a, like a really hard shot at a tight angle or something like that you'd say okay these things happen but yet again, it's from a long distance shot. And it wasn't. It? it wasn't even like a, a a real like rocket of a shot. Mm. It was. It was a decent shot, but it's. I would expect more. That's all I'm saying. I'm wondering if like maybe his head's gone down slightly from the second goal or something like that. I don't know, but it's disappointing, isn't it? Luckily, it's not been the decider. If that had cost us the game, we'd all be sat here absolutely gutted. But um, still, not good to see, right? You want Rafael full of confidence, ideally. Um, he seems to play better when he's got a, a run of a few games where that's not happened. He, he tends to play better. But um, yeah, I, I don't know about Raphael long-term, if they look to do something in the summer to fix that position. Not sure. It's, I, 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 yeah, I, I tend to agree with Eric there. It's, um, is it a priority to go and get a new keeper? Probably not. But if you want to be taken you know, as, as one of the top, top three, top four teams in the league on a consistent basis, and you do need to have a keeper who you can be very confident in, who's not going to make mistakes um, and cost you, you know, goals. And uh, and as Eric said, that isn't the first time this season. Um, it, in fact, it's probably not even the third or fourth time um, in reality. Uh, I can think of goals which are almost identical to that one, which we've conceded tonight. Uh, Coventry away is a great example. It, the ball comes from a distance. Raphael parries it back into the middle, and a player rebounds and scores. And um, it's it's disappointing to see. Uh, like I can't really give. Uh, I can't really come out and criticise Raphael hugely on the sense of you know we should drop him and bring in Southwood and um, because. It, that's not it's not realistic i think no. at this point it's not realistic to drop rafael for southwood but at the same point 
you know making mistakes in these games is, is at two one down yeah it's it's disappointing but what happens when it happens in a playoff semi-final at nil nil like and it costs you the whole season like, yeah i also i look at like if you look at the top 10 or top 12 teams in our league how many of those teams do you think would swap their goalkeeper for Raphael? i don't think many thinking through it it's hard to say isn't it I, if you think about cruel brentford um they're not going to do that are they swansea probably not begovic probably not it's no. Stoke. No. There's, i mean there's a couple and, and this is the thing i Overall, 90% of the time, Raphael is not a bad keeper. Um, and he, he's not he's not bad. He's he's not a top two, top three championship goalkeeper, I don't think. Um, like last season, we people were definitely, you know, on the basis of he's potentially the top keeper in the championship. And, you know, yes, he, he's gone through a, a decent run of form last year. And this year, his form is not quite so good. His level is probably mid-table with the championship and unfortunately like we're you know we're doing slightly better than that this season because we're not really conceding that many shots um tonight we only really conceded what three shots overall and we you know we have conceded three three or four shots i guess depending on whether you count the rebound but um and we've conceded three goals and yes brentford are very clinical but it's it's slightly concerning I think, um, but I don't really think there's much you can do about it at this point in the season, unfortunately. It's just, just a big, to be yeah. something that but, we have to live with. Yeah, I was just going to say, we've been spoiled in recent seasons with Martinez, with Al Habsi, with even back to Alex McCarthy, very good shot stoppers. And Raphael, he's not one of the best shot stoppers. Some of his other aspects of his keeping are fine, right, and good. And like Alex says, most of the time, he's a perfectly good goalkeeper. It's just that we're used to having very good shot stoppers, and at the moment we just haven't haven't got that exceptional shot stopper. So when the when these mistakes do creep in, it's frustrating because you just think, God, if only, um, you know. But you just look back now, look at where Emmy Martinez is now, and you think, Wow, how did he? How did he even come to Reading? Absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's a bit mad when you think about that, isn't it? How a player of that quality was at Reading. I mean, he's outrageously good. But I would say we are still fifth in the league. We've lost to a team oh, tonight yeah. that is top down. of the league now. I mean, these is no, we haven't lost to Wickham or something here. We've pushed them all the way. And um, unfortunately, a little bit of quality has seen them over the line. And they're ahead of us in development, aren't they? They've been pushing for this for the last three or four seasons now. Yeah, and you think if, if we play like we did in the first um, sort of half an hour, up until we scored against most teams in this league, we're going to blow them away. We're going to mm. absolutely blow them away. And... It comes down to whether Paunovic and the coaching staff can get our players up for the game like they had. They, they clearly, at the start of this game, they really had the team up for it. And against most teams in the league, I'd argue that we'd absolutely blow them away, perhaps except for maybe one or two teams at the top there, your Brentfords, your Swansea's, your Norwich. But um, yeah, if we can if we can um, um, take the and capture what we what we did there in the first half, and replicate it against some of the other teams. I think we're going to be absolutely fine, and we could even still push for automatics. Brentford were right near us not so long ago, and all of a sudden now they're top of the league. So, still not out a bit. Mm, not sure. I, I can't see that myself at the moment, but we'll see. You could happen. It's only a we, seven we, point gap. We, but we I, would, I think sure. we would need to put an incredible run together because I yeah. think the teams above us are not going to lose many games. 
Swansea don't concede. I think Swansea have conceded, what, like 15 goals this season now? Brentford, as we saw tonight, are, are so clinical and they just score goals for fun. And I mean, Norwich are, Norwich are maybe one team we could catch, but um, we have to catch two as a minimum. To, to get to only a few place. weeks ago, though, Norwich were running away with it and there was absolutely no way we could catch them. Like, yeah. It takes a little wobble from a couple of these teams. And you think if Brentford if Brentford lost Tony or De Silva or something like that, you just never know what could happen. I don't, I don't think we're out of it completely if we can, uh, if we can put I think, a good I think the chances, the chances are slim, I think. Oh, currently. yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and I, I, I do agree. I think if, if, if a big change happens, you know, if, if Brentford lose... Yeah, as you say, if Brentford lose Tony or, you know, if Buendia goes down for Norwich or something, then yeah, potentially. Um, obviously, I'm sure they're looking at our side and saying if Shao goes down, then Reading are going to finish ninth. So it's 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 one of those things where if you take the key player out of any team, they're, they, they're going to struggle. Um, but I yeah. think we're, what, eight, eight points now off the top two? Um, yeah. We do. We I think one positive we've got going for us, though, is we have now played... Uh, a more difficult run of fixtures there. Um, you know, Stoke are obviously top 10. Brentford are obviously, you know, now top of the league. Bournemouth are top six. Um, even Preston are top half. We've played our last four, you know, our last four games have all been against teams in the top half. And yet this month now we've got to play, what, Millwall on Saturday who are, you know, they're improving, but they're definitely... It's still a mid-table side, really. Um, tough to beat, but a mid-table side. Um, and then we've got, you know, at the end of the month, we've got Wickham and Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday yeah. in the space of four, yeah, we've got, four games. And... Yeah, we've got Millwall, then Bristol City, and then we've got Middlesbrough, Wickham, Rotherham. Uh, it, it does it does feel like if you can get a few points in the next, the next couple of games against that Millwall and Bristol City against these mid-table sides... Um, you, you set yourself up for for those games against teams at the bottom. I mean, with yeah, as you say, after that after that Middlesbrough game, we've got Wickham, Rotherham, and Wickham, Rotherham, Blackburn, and then it's Sheffield Wednesday, Forest, and Birmingham. And, and I think that's what uh, Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesday, Birmingham, Wickham that they're all in the bottom five. Um, we could pick up fifteen points in those those games potentially. Uh, yeah, I'm not, not saying we will, true, but. What? Yeah, what worries me is I see a worrying trend is that if you negate Lucas Jow, you negate virtually the whole of Reading. I think that there is a whole lot of threat. You saw that in the Stoke game. Uh, if he I doesn't mean, play well in that second we, half, we he had missed, no real impact at all. No, we miss we miss having someone alongside Jow. Mate, yeah, yeah, we we miss Mate, and I, I I mean I think I was, I've, I think I've said it on the podcast a number of times this season. Definitely back at the start of the year. Missing Mate is the biggest biggest issue we've got. Um, like having Zhao in the team is all well and good, but and yes, Zhao's don't get me wrong, Zhao's a magician when the ball's at his feet. But if a team marks Zhao out of the game, we don't have apart from you know we have to have a, ma- a moment of magic from a leash scoring from twenty five yards or Ajaria winning a penalty after being three men or something. We don't have any other players though who are able to you know dominate the game particularly what, what you're saying is we need George Pushkas back <laughs> I am indeed uh, that's I'm, exactly what I'm George, saying George Pushkas yeah. he is the missing man isn't he um, I'm he's not been sure missing for most of the season now hasn't I'm he, really? not sure we're going to see him again this season in all honesty he seems to have uh, disappeared yeah. off the face of the earth in all honesty 
I think it's yeah. just a hernia situation. The I think hernia he problems be can be bad, can't they? That's the yeah, I think he will be back. And looking at the situation, kind of which was talking about the injuries to Yaku Mate and to John Swift. Yaku Mate looks like he's going to be a couple of weeks. So that's positive news, really. You don't want it to be out for the season, uh, obviously. And John Swift has got a soft tissue injury and he's going for an MRI scan. That man loves a scan. He's had more scans than me and I'm a transplant patient. He is absolutely (laughs) in love with the scanning department. He just, I don't know how he picks up these injuries. I'd love to have a chat with John Swift about this, but I don't know why he's just very unlucky. Nobody's probably more frustrated than him though. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Yeah, He must just be a wreck mentally. It must just destroy him. The amount of injuries he seems to pick up. Uh, yeah. And whether, whether it's... Sorry, go on, Eric. No, I was just going to say, he's a, he's a great player. But if you can't stay on the pit, he must be so frustrating. As, yeah, I mean, he's a quality player. And when he came back, he was really starting to come back into form, wasn't he? I mean, yeah. I was surprised he got substituted against uh, Stoke City. But maybe there is a reason for that that's now coming clear that we didn't know at the time. But I... Not sure there was, so maybe he's picked up an injury in training. I don't know, Alex. What do you think? I mean, it's you, you've got to imagine it's training, but um, mm. it's it's it feels like it's every second week. Unfortunately, that Swift is you know out with a out with a knock or out with an injury or something like that, and it, you know he comes back for three or four games and then he misses six or seven. Um, it's very difficult to to justify having him as, you know, one of the best attacking midfielders in the league if you only see him for 15 games a season because he's injured. And it's it's a cliche perhaps, but, you know, availability is is one of the best abilities you can have. Um, yeah. if, you're, if you're not able to play, then, you know, you can have all the talent in the world, but it's uh, it, it's not on the field. And, and that's unfortunately where it matters. Yeah, and I tell you, a lot of people are now starting to look at our transfer window, complete lack of activity. But we can't go into the transfer window and splash cash we don't have because the situation we're in, not only as a club with the debt that we've got, but also COVID, we've got no income coming in. We can't go out and do something rash at all, can we, Eric? I I got a, a message. I got a friend who's Italian who's an Inter Milan fan, and he sent me a screenshot of debts outstanding to Inter Milan. And it said that we owe them 4.7 million euros for Pushkas. If those are, if, if those numbers are correct, you know, and we have that kind of those kind of things going on, that is obviously financially we're not in a good in a good place. And you know, before Paunovic came in, last couple of years we've really suffered from an overinflated squad with lots of unhappy players. At least now, yes, we've got a lack of depth, but we've got lots of young, hungry players. We've got people like Tetic on the bench who hopefully will will break through in the next couple of years, right? He shows some promise, and not just Tetic, but some of the other youngsters as well. So, yes, it would have been really nice to go out and get um, some reinforcements, but at the same time, you just don't want a, f- a squad full of unhappy players like we had last few years. I, I think we're still we're still eighteen months away or two years away, realistically, from being able to see actual investment in the team, in the squad, like on a consistent window-by-window basis. Um, and uh, I I totally get people's frustrations that we haven't put money into the team. Um, but this is one of the consequences of going out and spending big. 
you can't do it every single season. You can't do it every single window. Um, and, you know, in the past couple of years, look at the players we signed. Signed Pushgas, however much that £4.8 million left to pay to Inter Milan. Signed Lucas Zhao, which was, what, £5 million, I seem to remember. Um, Aluko was only, what, three years ago, only £7.5 million. Pounds. It, Ajari, 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 £3 million. Pounds. Like, these, yeah. these these players all add up. It, it doesn't, They you know, they're not, they don't come for free. And if you keep pushing and pushing to sign more players for multi-million pound deals, um, and we can't, we, we have not sold any players on, um, which is part of the issue. You have to sell, like in Reading's case, in Reading's world, you have, you're a selling club and you have to go out and sell your best players, unfortunately, sometimes, um, yeah. if, you, if you want the reinvestment. And thankfully, I say thankfully, we, we we've probably got a little bit lucky in the sense that at least he's going to go for multi-million you know multiple tens of millions of pounds in the summer and that will solve some of the issue but um you know if we go out and splash 18 million pounds and we get 20 i don't know whatever say 25 million for at least and we go out and spend 20 million of that back out in summer we are going to be back in you know the same situation in a year's time or 18 months yeah, time we can't and- invest again yeah, and look at, on the flip side of the Elise situation, we've got the Omar Richard situation, a player that's probably yeah. worth multiple tens of millions and we're going to lose him for next to nothing. And you also then look at what's the blueprint to follow and you look no further than the team we played tonight, right? They, they've got it right. They've signed young, promising players from the lower leagues. And you sell um, them on. And then they sell them on. They they, they got um, thirty five million for yeah. Mopay a couple of years 30. ago. Yeah, 33 million for Watkins last season, and they've replaced him with for Watkins, another 20 million for Ben Rama. And they've and, replaced Watkins with a player who scores more goals. Yeah, and also you think they, they've replaced Ben Rama with a player who we let go not so long ago, Tariq Fosu, um, which is super frustrating, right? But that's their model. They they seem to have worked it out, they seem to have got it right. And um obviously we we're still suffering a little bit from the wrong Gaule years in terms of the contract structures of a lot of our um, players, um, so hopefully we've seen the the back of that, and we can start moving towards something that's more consistent. Because, um, yeah, the fact that they've got Fosu, who actually didn't look too bad tonight either, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, let's not be too depressed after tonight's defeat. I mean, no, I mean the Brentford love the playoffs, I mean, right? they've done brilliantly, but um, let's look at the fact it, that it, we're doing it is pretty all well this season. It is all context, isn't it? Yeah, like, we're still we're still first defeat of the year. Yeah, we're still fifth. We haven't lost since box. What was it before Boxing Day? I think it was the nineteenth of December, our last defeat, and we lost three-one against a team who is probably going to walk the league. Uh, and you know, we've lost in the last. We've lost with a mad five minutes at the end of the game. It, it, things could be much worse. Put it that way. Start of the season, I thought we were going to be in a relegation battle. So the fact that we're um, very much not, and we're in a playoff fight. It's absolutely amazing. It's great to see. So long may it continue. And I, I really like everything that comes out of the club, you know, from from Paunovic, you think O'Shea, Quinton Fortune. It just seems like we're in a much better place on the playing side of things. Yes, the finances are bad, but um, so far Paunovic seems to be working minor miracles with the actual squad, which is which is all we want, right? Let's see how. Are we going to bounce back against uh, Millwall on Saturday, Alex? What's your score prediction for that one? Um, I actually don't know. Are we at home to Millwall? No, it's away. Oh, uh, I'm going to say one all. Millwall are really tough to beat. 
No, it's uh, a home. No, sorry, I've got that wrong. It's a home. Yeah. I'm still going to have to say one all now. I know you, you, <laughs> pinned, me, you pinned me down to it. No, um, yeah, I'll say one all. Millwall are on a decent run of form at the minute. Um, I don't even know when their last loss was. I know it was a while ago. Um, they don't lose many games. I think they've lost as many games as we have this season, in fact, um, if not less, potentially. Yeah, they've actually lost less games than us this season, but they just can't They can't score is the problem. Um, so I would, yeah, I'm going to go with a low scoring, either 1-1 or 1-0 to Reading. What are you going to go for, Eric? Yeah, I think we'll win. I think we'll bounce back from tonight. We'll take the positives and we'll... Um, We'll, we'll win, hopefully. That's Yeah, and I'm not usually the most optimistic, but I, I just think we, we played really well tonight in spells. So if we can replicate some of that, I think we'll do well. Yeah, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win for Reading on Saturday. So thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And we will be back with a preview podcast with uh, Mill Fan on Thursday. That will be probably out probably on Friday, actually. I'll record it on Thursday. So cheers. It's not all bad. We're doing pretty well this season. We've got a manager who's done fantastic work for us. The players are giving everything on the pitch. Wish we had a bit more depth, but let's stay positive, eh? We can do it. And I got my vaccine today, so fuck the system. <laughs>